You have reached Minions and Musings. Please hold. Your call is important to us. Hey, it's Evil Jeff back behind the mic once again. Call-in Collective coming at you. This one's been a long time coming. In fact, both of them are a long time coming. Yes, we have two volumes of the Call-in Collective that you will receive this weekend. And yes, we are taking a little bit of a break from the BX Companion Deep Dive. Ah, life is just... Just taking up a lot of a lot of time, a lot of space, a lot of energy. I think many of us are feeling that way right now. But you know, you gotta stay on a schedule, so that's what we're doing. A lot of these calls have been sitting around for a while and it's just been kinda hard getting everything together. But I've gathered them up. Things have been sitting around for a while. So what do you have in this call-in collective? Well, we got Jason uh, bringing in some words of wisdom with the uh, topic that I brought up some time back about critical hits and critical failures in the fiction, in the fiction that we read. We've had one person, one person out of everybody who heard it, call in and said, hey, here's an example. Just one. And you could have read that example as somebody else having maybe a critical success. So, you know, yet no one, yet there's been a person that has said, here is an example in the fiction. Or maybe they haven't, I've forgotten it. It's been that long. So... Let's hear what he has to say. Truth is, I forgot all about the critical failure thing. I need to get back to that. I've got one example that you're going to throw out, but, I, but it's definitely a critical failure in literature that they've read that was used for games. But I'll, I'll call that in separately. What, what I did want to mention was what Arlen Walker's doing for the Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerer's Hyperborea game that he's running for us is he feels critical failures are not heroic. So while we can get critical successes as players, if we roll one, it's just a miss. Now, if it's with a ranged weapon like a bow, maybe the bowstring breaks or something, but he's not enforcing the critical failures on the players because he doesn't feel it matches the fiction, which kind of goes with what you guys are saying as well, that for the most part, it does match match the fiction. Dude, you have been busy and lots of other things have been happening to you, so uh, don't need to apologize for not getting back to finding that example. And since you said I'm going to throw it out anyway, why even bother, right? Why set yourself up for rejection? No, actually, I'd like to hear it. Um, I think uh, let's give it a fair hearing before I outright reject it in there. Um, Good to hear that Arlen is following along with that. I think Arlen understands that as well. You know, when I think about the the people that listen to the podcast and so forth, you know, Ray Otis and Arlen Walker 
probably the two heaviest readers that I could guess. Um, saw Jim Yoder back the other day on the Discord server. And there's somebody else that uh, reads a fair amount too. So it'd be interesting to uh, see if anybody else comes up with one. But yeah, uh, take take about five minutes, find it, call it back in. You've got another point, so let's hear that. As far as rolling again to confirm a, a critical or a fumble, ICRPG, if I remember right, has you confirming fumbles. Yeah, I, I could see that as well. For heroes, you confirm, you know, other people, you know, the NPCs will fumble normally, but for a player, you have to confirm the fumble. Confirming criticals seems kind of mean, though. I, I don't think I would want to do that. If you're all that 20 once, I wouldn't make them roll it again. But my understanding is some systems may do that. So, anyhow, very interesting. I got to hit the books to call you back with examples, so I will talk to you later. All right, so now we know that ICRPG has at least one positive going for it. The, you know, I was just pontificating at that point when I was talking about confirming the critical. Uh, let's say if you were going to confirm a critical, though, maybe there's different levels of criticals. You know, how big and bad of a critical it is. Um, that might be more along the lines of what we're talking about here. Confirming the fumble. Yeah, we confirm the fumble. And maybe there is levels to that. Like, if you do confirm it, then how bad off... What, it was. So, I mean, you could work with it. I don't know if I'd ever want to bother with the mechanic of it, but it'd be an interesting thing. All right. And now for a special treat. I've got a first time caller that called some time back. Somebody's been listening to the podcast a bit. And, you know, th this is probably one of the greatest things about podcasting especially when somebody calls in because it's a, you know you're hearing somebody else for the first time and it's just really cool. So, we introduce Bromos, the Sunstar Ranger, to you. Hey Jeff, it's Bromos here. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Great catalog of D&D game mechanics and deep dives on OSR materials. Overall, a wonderful podcast. Now, on the topic of critical hits and fumbles, my impression is that it's a great way down a rabbit hole of granularity, pushing your game towards a more war gaming spirit. In my opinion, that's why it feels clunky in person use sometimes, breaking immersion, creating metagame conversations, especially when it comes to describing spell casting effects or things not on the chart. If you still plan on using critical hits and fumbles at your table, I think it's important to keep the chart, whether mechanically or thematically, based simple. Maybe four options maximum each. Something that players can memorize after something that players can memorize after a few sessions, so this process doesn't slow down the game. Maybe only use the critical hit and fumbles whenever players or DMs can't think of a thematic description or use them in a limited capacity, such as 
powerful villains, important battles, or milestone events. Also, there are alternatives to dice rolling and tables. There are cards. My favorite one of them is from Nord Games. Great conversation. I'm enjoying everyone's input on the subject. Very creative, knowledgeable community you have gathered here, Jeff. Till next time. Mic drop. There we go. I, I can stop recording minions and music now. Uh, honestly, thank you, Bromos, for that call. Thank you for listening all this time and for dropping some knowledge on us. You know, this is probably one of the best things I like about podcasting. There's a conversation, and you never know when that one person that's hanging around has that one thing to say that makes you get that light bulb or just confirms what you're talking about. I like what you said there. The part about the cards, you know, let's stop breaking, you know, let's break, quit breaking immersion here. Because that's what happens with our critical hits and critical fumbles many times. Let's keep it simple. Which is really what the original games were. They were simple. We didn't have to have gigantic amounts of tables. We didn't have to have gigantic amounts of charts and things like that. Well, unless you're talking Rollmaster or something. Yep. I'm going to bring Jason back into the conversation again. Oh, man. But, yeah, I mean, let's do it. In fact, I, I, like we said, Bromos, about the cards, let's do a stack of cards, four, five, six of them. Go ahead and shuffle them up. Have it cover a bunch of contingencies, and then somebody rolls a critical. Go ahead and just flip the card. That's what happens. We don't have to keep anything. And hopefully it's just something very interesting in the fiction. And if it doesn't quite work out, then, you know, as a GM, you can adjust it in there. Please, Bromas, you got more to say, call it in, my friend. Call it in. Great stuff. Well, we're going to finish out the show with several calls from, well, yeah, Jason. And he's talking about the BX Deep Dive. A couple episodes uh, that we cover in there. So, let's hear what he has to say. Hey Jeff, great episode. You're going over the cleric spells and your deep dive in the BC or BX Companion. I, I would say as far as the OP spells, are they really OP in a game that has a wish spell? You know, honestly. You're, you're talking equivalent levels of casters, right? So... You know, if Bring the Dawn doesn't exist, can't they basically do that with a wish? So, you know, is it really okay? It's more limited than a wish. As far as the water to wine thing, the fact it boosts morale, there are definitely times, you know, that could be useful. You know, think about, you know, you're in Helm's Deep and you want to raise everybody's morale. That's a way to do it, right? So, so there are arguably times that could be useful. Although one could argue that, Alcohol in any form should raise morale anyway and, and should give potentially could give that bonus. Hmm? All right, there. Um, I hadn't really considered that about the wish, but think we don't get a wish spell with the cleric, so this is a very limited wish 
sort of spell with a cleric. So yeah, is it OP? Um, well, yeah, maybe, maybe not as much if we're talking about Wish there. Okay. The Water to Wine, yeah. Um, and Helm's Deep, that's a, that's a good thought, you know, boosting morale. And I, I would guess that in a game where you're going to have morale be a real big thing, not like saying it's not, but you know, when we're talking about, uh, especially if we're talking uh, troop battles, then I can I can see where that's going to happen. Um, of course, you know there are negatives to the alcohol as well at times. I mean, I just refer you back to your talk like a pirate podcast and the grog that you were swilling at that point. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Um, I, I will go ahead and go on record. I, I mentioned this to you, but everybody else hear, hear it. I was uh, leaving the, a message for you about that. I guess everybody will hear it on your show soon. And Minion Gamma was in the car with me, and she asked what was going on about that. So I went and played the podcast for her. And I'm pretty certain that she was shaking her head in disbelief pretty much the entire time I played any portion of it. It just, she was stunned, I think, and just shocked. Of course, that's what you were going for, Jason. Excellent job. Uh, you got another little thing to say about the deep dive. Hey, Jason here. Really enjoyed your latest episode of the BX Deep Dive, BX Companion Deep Dive, I should say. And, yeah, man, as soon as you said the Optional rule where thieves only ever get to do 1d6 damage. I was sold. Best rule set ever. I need to go back and dig out my copy of the BX Companion and, and read it myself. I, I remember recommending this to you and Rob over down the heap. And I'm, you know, I'm hearing your review of it. And it's making me really like what I'm hearing. And if I was going to run D&D, which I probably won't. And I was going to run BX and I was going to get high level which is unlikely, then this is definitely the, you know, something I would probably use. So thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to the monster part. No, really, tell us how you really feel about the thief. Come on now. (laughs) Well, I'm glad the uh, deep dive is encouraging you to go back and grab that rule set and look at it. Yes, you probably won't run D&D. Yes, you probably wouldn't run a high-level campaign. But if push came to shove and you really were going to do it, well, now you know what you're going to do. And I would say that you probably wouldn't run a campaign, but I could see you wanting to put up a very short, like, two, three, four session, real quick, high level, just to see exactly how crazy it could be. I can see you doing that. All right. Well, that is will end up our show. Well, this show, the Volume 1 of the Call-In Collective. Volume 2 is coming your way. And apparently it's a trend recently to have just one person in your podcast. And I assembled these calls uh, last week and just kind of have them sitting so I could finish getting my thoughts together. 
So, next show? Well, it's just one person. And that person's name is not Jason. Stay tuned. Let's see what's coming up. Thank you for calling Minions and Musings. We hope to hear from you again.